What's up, homies? Welcome to No One's Homies, kind of. <laughs> well, it's a special episode, up, I guess. This is Cloud. Oh, what's up? This is Mark yep. again, back from the dead. <laughs> and this is Raga. Um, if you guys and, uh, yeah. tuned we, we into have the a, prior episode, we have a special episode. guest in the studio, but it's actually his studio technically. Yeah. So <laughs> if if you're coming here from the Raga's Modern Life episode, you know why we're here. But if you just saw it on the No One's Homies side. This is actually a, what part two of an episode we did with Rocke. Mm-hmm. So part one is on his um, Rocke's Modern Life podcast. So you can search that to, to hear what we were talking about before this. But basically, it's a big sports mentor update. Um, so yeah, why don't you start us off, Clau, with the second half? Uh, yeah, so uh, before we took a break, we were talking about the NBA. Uh, we were just about to get into the play-in tournament. Um, but at this very moment, we're also watching the start of the Spanish Grand Prix uh, on F- of F1. So uh, we have a lot going on right now in terms of sports. Uh, I guess we could get into the Grand mm-hmm. Prix later. Or what would you prefer, Mark? Later? Yeah, we can now? finish up the know. NBA talk. I think we finish yeah, sure. up the okay. NBA talk just right, to keep cool. it in, in sync. All right. Cool. Okay, cool. Okay, um, so we've been sharing notes with Roque here uh, he was kind enough to put these together when he invited us to join him and um, uh, we last left off we were done talking about our biggest surprises and disappointments for the season but now we're talking about our uh, the play in tournament um, so getting that conversation started uh, you guys saw LeBron's comments about it you know he was pissed whoever whoever <laughs> came up with that shit needs to get fired you know, um, so what, what do you guys think about that? Do you think he has a point or do you think it's just because the Lakers are in the play? <laughs> I mean, I think he has a point to an extent, but like I'm honestly surprised with how the players have reacted to the play in tournament because obviously the fans love it because you get more intense games uh-huh. like towards the end of the season. Normally, these games would mean absolutely nothing. Like, you know, the star players would True. sit out. There's still and, a little spice left yeah, here in the last, yeah. like, 10 and games. For the fans, we love it because these games are, like, crucial to, like, the ranks. So right now, I think in the East, from all the way from 4 until 10 or maybe even 11, it's, like, it's highly variable. So the Knicks right now are at 4, but they could slip all the way to 9 and be in the play-in tournament because that's how close it is. That's and the th- East, though. Damn. Yeah, and that's always the East. happens in the East. Yeah, true. More often and, than not. Yeah. But yeah. even the West, man, West right is now. West pretty close, too, true, though. True, true. West five, is pretty close. Five to ten. Even five to ten. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking yeah. At Anything it right could happen. Now. Anything could happen. Yeah, and I, like I was saying, I was just surprised with how the players were. Um, were well, I mean, I can't, of course, LeBron doesn't speak for all of the players, but um, I'm just surprised with how they perceived this whole play-in tournament. Like I thought it was gonna be like them being more hyped about it, like, you know, more important <laughs> games, more, like, opportunities to showcase that you are, like, the best player in the world and all I that think, stuff. I think and, it would depend on yeah. which end you're on, right? If you're talking Definitely. about the play, the teams at 10 and 9, um, obviously, like, you're, you're, yeah. you're hungry for this opportunity. On the LeBron end, I really do think, to be, to be frank, it, it's just because they're in it. Like, he didn't yeah. say anything at the they're start in, when it was right? announced. Um, he didn't say anything till Last year they he were... said it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I think if you you could probably search for a clip where he's talking about how how cool it was, how positive it was, and then now that yeah. they're in it and they're struggling, it doesn't seem so nice. Also, Mark Cuban had the same similar comments when the when the Mavs were 
um, like a few months yes. ago, uh, when the Mavs were just at the brink of making it, in, where they were in seven, eight, nine, ten spots. So now you know, I don't hear anything from Mark Cuban either that the Mavs are sitting at five. So it's like, yeah, and <laughs> I understand where LeBron's coming from and AD, I guess, because like you know, LeBron's in the the latter years of his career and normally this would be the time where he could rest up so that playoff Braun can like come in like fully healthy fully rested and all that stuff and now he has to grind through these last couple of the games sure. and AD has a hard time staying on the floor so this would have been the perfect time yeah. for him to rest up as well but, but I think I for think, the think, league it's good dude I think I think overall is since it's fair opportunity for everyone that <clears throat> you just deal with it you know what I mean like same thing with the seven-game playoff series. You have to manage the way your players can can play, right, to make a deep playoff run. It's always been a factor, having injuries and, and making sure players are healthy at the right time. It just so happens that they only have one game to get it right if they're in the play-in tournament, right? That's that's the thing. Yeah. In the seven games, like, I can come back for game three onwards and then we'll make it back. But here it's like, if I'm out yeah. for this game because I can't play and this is the end of the year for us, it's kind of, it's definitely a worse feeling. Yeah. And I think it's also like, um, you for for the number one and two seed or for the number one seed, it's kind of a crappy deal because you don't get to study your matchup for as long because you you take time to to see who it's gonna be. I like Zach Lowe's um proposal, which was that the number one seed should be allowed to pick their opponent exactly with the seven eight slots. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, like I I was actually I was actually okay with that because it gives them a sort of prize advantage for for being like number one because like there's still a disadvantage to not being able to game plan as long for your opponent you know uh that's just my that's just my uh no it's still the formation lap no yeah. it just started it just started <laughs> still the form- i was just talking about the yeah, f1 yeah. it's on my tv in the back <laughs> it just started just yeah gotta see <laughs> anything interesting happening oh th- Mac- don't Mac- say anything i think i'm delayed i think i'm delayed <laughs> i'm just gonna say max made it made it in turn one max is uh. ahead but yeah, back oh, to the yeah. play tournament. Yeah. Oh, like, oh. I think, yeah. I think, yeah. Like, I listened to that podcast also on the Low Post podcast, and um, I agree because, like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're first place, then what advantage do you really have other than you're playing than like the eight seed? Like, I think you know you yeah. sh- you kind of deserve like the right to, um, you know, just kind of like plan ahead and pick matchup advantages because, like, I think he was mentioning like if um, Philly goes up against like uh, Washington, that's like. I think that's pretty easy money. Like, I think Philly's going to take that mm-hmm. um, pretty easily. But if they play against the Raptors at um, at 8, then it gets a little bit more interesting because they got a lot of big guys that, you know, have the potential to, you know, shut down the paint. Matchup, yeah. Yeah, for matchup reasons. Sure. But I, I, I definitely overlooked that uh, advantage of not knowing who your opponent is or disadvantage of not knowing who your opponent is till, till round 1. So... I get it, but at the same time, I I think if you're number one team, if you're truly a championship worthy team, you can deal with it. You have seven games to figure it out. I think I think it's not too big of a deal to ask from them. Definitely, Um, because I I like the idea of seeing these nine ten teams. There were years where these nine ten teams were worthy of making playoffs because they were like even records, stuff like that, right? There are years where it's that close, where all the way to ten is similar. I I do agree with that. Yeah. So, um, um so you, we ha- also have the idea of the brackets right now, um, as they stand, they still could change, right? Rocks, if I'm yeah, not definitely. mistaken. Yeah. 
So um, what do you think of these matchups right now? As we look at them, we have the Lakers versus Golden State 7-8. Um, <laughs> it is the West, sorry. Um, and we have uh, we uh, the w loser of that plays the winner of Memphis no, the versus winner plays the San winner. Antonio. If you're, winner if you plays lose, the winner? Yeah, play, sorry. The loser plays the winner. Yeah, the, the loser of 7-8 plays the winner of 9-10. Ah, yeah. And these and are all the one of, games. Right? The winner, yeah, the of, winner, of, the winner, winner. of 7-8 gets 7. So it's like 7-8 if you win. You're in the finals of the play-in tournament. You get 7. Right? Much, then, yeah. No, no. You get 7. Yeah, you get 7. You, you oh, automatic you automatically get 7. You win huh? seven oh, yeah. You're right. Okay. Oh, yeah, you okay, get okay. 7. You but get there's 7. There's two slots up for grabs. Yeah, here, and then... Sorry. Yep, yep. And then if you lose, um, which could so totally the Lakers, happen, let's say Golden for State example, Lakers, Lakers or, or Warriors would have two chances to make it into the playoffs. Basically, like they lose the first game, they can still uh, win. Yeah, uh, the, the second yep. pretty much to the eighth yep. seed. Yeah, yep. And, yep. And it makes which sense. Which is a way more favorable yeah. matchup for either team. I mean, at that point, man, there's not much to complain about if you're seven, eight. You have two chances anyway. Come on. <laughs> exactly. If these teams are yep. really not as yeah. good as you to make it to the playoffs, then you can beat them. Warriors and Lakers, they yeah, should be on, better than Grizzlies Spurs, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Either either team. I think either team beats the 9-10 the to take the 8th seed. Uh, the, we were just talking about this before we started um, recording. How messed up is it for the Jazz and Suns, or li like <laughs> potentially either one of them, that... If, you know, good job. You played spectacular seasons. You are the number one and two seed of the toughest conference, but you might have to play the defending champion Lakers with LeBron James and AD <laughs> if they're healthy. And if they are healthy, like what the what the fuck? That seems so unfair. As as <laughs> as unfair. the as the Suns fan in this in this group, honestly, like I'll be fair and say like we just got to deal with it. Because even if there was no playing tournament, there's seven mm. already. We would be playing the Lakers. This is the only chance true. where That's we true. say we might That's not true. have to play them, actually, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but yeah. it happens. I think it would happen every year. Like, you could probably go look for a season where the championship team falls to six and has to play the three yeah. team. So it's like it, it would happen. The Heat, I think, were not necessarily the number one seed. Where, was their year? They, or Cavs, one of those years mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where they didn't have a good regular season. And yeah, yeah. It was they, all just LeBron's making it to the finals, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you guys we see your brackets them. We at? can beat them. Like, <laughs> we I mean, can beat them. Um, That's what I'm going to say. Well, okay. I don't Let's know. With I the don't West. know in terms of... With the West, yeah. I don't know about in terms of who I think will surely win, but my pick is I want to see Golden State take the seven seed uh, just because they totally can. They totally can beat the Lakers in one game. I think it would be, um, think it would be favorable for the Suns uh, set against Golden State. Yeah, just thinking. Yeah, off I just want to see Golden State in. Yeah, um, and then um, I want to see the Lakers play the Jazz because um, that will be a true test of the Jazz's like competence. You know, like if if they really are who we who people say they are, like let's see it. Let's put it to the test. You know, definitely. Sure. Yeah. What about the East Cloud? How about you guys? Oh, we, I like we'll go I like through that. your picks first, like and right, then we'll cool. go through the East. All right. So for me. I think, like, uh, I mean, just objectively speaking, I think the Lakers, if they're if they're both healthy as an AD and LeBron, I think they'll take that game. Mm -hmm. So I think they'll be at seven. Mm -hmm. So they'll be facing the Suns, and it's gonna be a tough matchup for Mark and the Suns. <laughs> but um, 
I think <laughs> after that, the Warriors face either the Grizzlies or the Spurs for that Oh, we game. play the Lakers tomorrow, though. Uh, oh, interesting. So yeah, that so that would be... A little yeah. preview, maybe. But no LeBron. And then we play the no Warriors LeBron. on Wednesday. Ooh. So another preview. Oh. Pretty tough road oh. for y'all. See, we'll see how it goes. Here we but, go. But um, between the Grizzlies and the Spurs, I honestly don't know who's going to come out on top. But I'm just going to give the benefit of the doubt to mm-hmm. the Grizzlies. I want to see the Grizzlies because the they, they got they got they yeah. got knocked out last year, right? So it's like yeah. give them a yeah. chance. And they have this Triple year. J back. Yeah, but uh, they've been losing apparently. And like, Valencia ever since he got is back. playing well. Triple yeah. J. Who is this? Yeah, James Jones and James. Jaron Jackson Jr. <laughs> <laughs> the editor of the Daily Bugle. Nah, it's Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, he's their power forward. Yeah, he's yeah. a stretch four. Yeah. Uh, he's really good, but not that great on defense, and I think that's why they're taking a hit. As well, and Ja's been out, um, or Ja was out for a while. Um, yeah, the Grizzlies th- they can't close games for some reason. Yeah. Inexperience, maybe end, they they struggle to close games. Maybe and maybe the lack of the player who can do it, like the Justice Winslow experiment. Like who knew he was there? I did, but guess what? It didn't work out. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely. did not work. He could have replaced like, him with uh, so, Stanley uh, Johnson. And Ja's shot is like not <laughs> pure yet, and he just like relies yes. on driving yeah. to the basket. And if the, mm-hmm. I don't and know, people expect the, it. Yeah, and the Warriors. I mean, Wiseman is a pretty good rim protector. But then, um, if they face the Lakers, then the Grizzlies are the definitely same, gonna lose. Not, yeah. not even close because yeah. they're relying on Jaw to create yeah. shots. And if it's all at the rim, and then you have those freaking behemoths in but, Los but I'll Angeles, give it a, no chance. No chance. I'll give it a, in, a, in one game, do or die, anything can happen. I guess. True. True. Always. That's so, why this is fun. Same, that's why so it's the same fun. like the, yeah. the, the NCAA tournament, right? Where it's all knockout games. That's yeah, why like, the, the one seeds barely survive to the end. Yeah. So so that's why I was like, oh, yeah. the Lakers have to show that they can win these do or die games, which is why they're champs in the first place. Actually, I heard like yep. this conspiracy yep. on one of the pods that I was listening to that like LeBron actually wanted to drop the seven. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, the ba- dude, <laughs> the ba- like, parang it's fucking scripted because the like, GM. how much more would like it like make an emphasis that he is the goat if they played in the play-in tournament, played an extra amount of games, then went all the way to the finals and then won and it. Won. <laughs> fucking kill, kill me now. Kill me now is what I'm saying. Kill me now. If the Lakers it's win like, again this it's year, that le- LeBron LeBron legacy building. Arc like uh, people talk about like you know how he's shaping his legacy and stuff. And to then be honest, yeah, yeah. to me, it wouldn't maybe, make a difference. Maybe maybe sure, maybe he sure. said all of those like comments because like because this you conspiracy came out. Yeah, yeah and ah. it's like yo LeBron bro like you got it's, you're getting obvious man like you gotta put something out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would no. be so good. Um, they'd get more shit than the Astros if that ever leaked to be true. <laughs> but is that cheating I, though? No, yeah, it's not cheating. I don't know, man. It's, it's not, not cheating. cheating. It's just a corny. It's it would just be a corny move. Corny. It would just be a corny. It's more of like a Jake Paul and Floyd Mayweather type yeah. of thing. Like, but I wouldn't put it past That's LeBron. True. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a LeBron hater. But he's the type of guy who likes to do these like seven <laughs> things. Yeah. yeah. Manipulate yeah. or, or like shape his own narrative. Definitely. He does it all the time. Yeah. Where you know his comments are always like never reveal too much or reveal just the, what you yeah. want to, to, to get people yeah. talking about what you want them to talk about. Classic Brownie. Yep. And, oh. and I think, I think it's also like um, he 
it's not like you know LeBron goes out, he gets injured. It's not like he's telling his teammates, "Okay, guys, lose this game now, win this game." It's like no, there's still, uh, of course, there's still the 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 factor of chance and like 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 Mark said, in one game anything can happen and uh, that 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 happened to be the case that, with that the, is probably is one 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 argument where I think that 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 conspiracy might fall apart. Why would you put yourself in this one game knockout? Danger, yeah. right? Right. Exactly. Like you could win from number six. It's fine. Well, yeah. Grind through. Yeah. But what's yeah. worth more, That's a ring still or a this, this risk? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, when exactly. LeBron's dropping exactly. forty-five, and like, I just feel like there's like a possibility where LeBron's just sitting in this chair with his glass of wine, just <laughs> going <laughs> all according to plan. <laughs> <laughs> and then AD doesn't know about this plan, yeah. doesn't make the game. And then yeah, AD's like, yo, Bron, when can I come over again? <laughs> and that, that, no, that's why he's shooting that. Steph Curry in right. GTA. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> no, I saw that. That was hilarious. Um all right. So moving over to the east, we have pretty intriguing matchups here. Well, we have honestly like two potential intriguing matchups, but the 9-10 is not that great for me. Um the 7-8 we have Boston versus Charlotte. Those are two well, what we mentioned in um, the earlier part of uh, in the Rocket podcast. So if you guys want to head over to Rocket's Modern Life, if you haven't heard that yet, we talked about how Boston was one of our biggest disappointments from this season, and um, Charlotte was a surprise. Uh, Charlotte's actually surprisingly good. So um, you guys can go ahead and talk about the Boston uh, your picks first. Oh, and uh, on the nine ten, we have um, Washington, uh, the Wizards versus Indiana, who. Indiana's actually been a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, this they're pretty disappointing really talk about too. that, but yeah. I, th- I think they've they've underperformed. Um, so you guys can go ahead and talk about your picks. I just have to uh, sli- step out for like a quick second because my dad needs uh, technical assistance with his laptop. <laughs> but uh, you guys, we've all been there, bro. <laughs> we've um, all been there. I know, man. We'll you guys see an empty together. screen here for a bit, but uh, yeah, fill me in along when I get back. Brb, sure, sure, uh, you sure. guys go ahead first. All right, so I can start, Mark, if that's go true ahead. with you. Um, so the seven to the eight, if the season ended today, but then like you all, you also have to take everything with like a um, grain of salt here because these standings can change drastically in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we still have a few more games. Yeah, the but Knicks are as as of now. Yeah. yeah, as of now, as of now. So I think from all the way from four to eight, like they're it's pretty close, and the Knicks have a pretty tough road schedule up ahead. But yeah, let's just say if it ended now. Um, the Celtics would face the Hornets in the first game. I think the Celtics take this one just from a pure talent perspective. I don't know if they Gordon should H- on paper. They should, right? yeah, yeah, on paper they should. Um, if they don't, that would be a surprise. But my pick, I mean, if I had to put money on it, I'd put my money on the Celtics. So that would mean it would the Charlotte Hornets would face whoever wins the Wizards and the Pacers games. And honestly, with the way that the Wizards have been playing right now. Like I think the Wizards take this one because Brody has been an an absolute terror. Bradley Beal is Bradley Beal, True. like he's an absolute bucket getter. And we the Pacers so so slow at the yeah. start of the season. Like mm-hmm. yeah, Russell and didn't look look good of, at all, all of the now, injuries and it up. COVID stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just don't think yeah. the Pacers have the. Um, I don't think the Pacers defensive. Can win this. Yeah, they don't have the and, defensive yeah. matchup to stop Brody and. Um, Bradley Beal so I think they take that one and then so that would mean the Wizards play the Hornets and that one's tough like I actually really don't know because the Hornets are a a pretty damn good team it's a toss up I think because 
I mean, like you have a, technically what is a more cohesive team on the Hornets, play like better team basketball, I would say. But the Wizards have two like beasts that on any given night yeah. can just end you if they're Definitely. just feeling it. Like, like their stat line from yeah. today, wasn't it like a, a fifty point Bradley Beal game today with a monster triple double from from Russell? So it's like, how can you how can you beat yeah. that? Yeah, and yeah, it, that's true. And yeah, they're I've, good. They're so good in the clutch. That's the thing. If it's a close game, um, the Wizards are statistically playing very well in the clutch this season. Sure. So that's that's another thing to take into consideration. But do you guys expect Boston to beat Charlotte? Yeah, uh, Rocket did. I I, I would did. actually wa- I wanted to say the opposite. <laughs> really? Okay, let's hear not it. Not not mm-hmm. that. I, honestly, I feel like the Hornets. They have this like, me- they have this. Where when it's like a Lamelo thing where they're ready to to just show off and like show up the team that's yeah. supposed to be better like prove expectations wrong. Gordon Hayward has yeah. I, I think especially against the Celtics has like there's a little bit of a storyline for wanting to be the ones to yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. knock them out of the True. playoffs something like that. So mm-hmm. so maybe I take the Hornets for first. It's gonna be a tight game. I wouldn't be surprised if Celtics won either, but. I'd I'd say Hornets and then Celtics against Wizards would still be a toss up in my my view. Really? I don't I think those three, seven, eight, nine, any of them could be two two out of three could have could make it. The Pacers are yeah. I think pretty far back, but those three other teams, any two of them could make it. I wouldn't be But surprised. I think with like the Celtics reputation of hiding Kemba and being able to create defensive schemes against um the point guard that um, that basically is gonna torch up Kemba because Kemba's never was never really known to be a defensive stopper, and I think defensive, Brody's gonna yeah. cook him. But like, they have schemes for point guards specifically. I, they have wing mistaken. defenders with the yeah. Jalen Brown and like Tatum gets to defend perimeter guard, so uh, they could get away with it again if they ended up going against the Wizards. But yeah, yeah, just they just but wouldn't it's, it's that thing ever. where you, they just yeah. wouldn't play anyone. Off the, the Wizards. If when you have like <laughs> monster players, it's it's sometimes in a, in a one game it doesn't have to be pretty. You just win it. But let's it, see also to, with yeah. with Brody though because I mean you know his playoff um resume True. it's not the True. best dude. True. So we'll see mm-hmm. how he shows mm-hmm. up this year. I just like his redemption from early in the season to now. So I'm trying to ride that wave. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's more of the. I'm I'm yeah. basing my I'm, East I'm picks that. more I'm on on what what storylines I want to see because like the Celtics not making it would be ironic or. Like mm-hmm. tragic, but in the same way funny, and mi- having the Hornets and the Wizards make it. Although, the Wizards probably not the best to to to, to put in the playoffs. It wouldn't be like competitive. Yeah, because I think but they're still, getting bounced in the first yeah. round. Yeah, yeah. I I'd well, same with the Hornets. If you ask me, I don't. But think like, the I I would like to see a younger matchup. Well, that's basically Lamelo, right? Yeah. But who are the other young? Yeah, you just want to yeah, see yeah, Lamelo in the playoffs. I just want to see yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, let's hear from you, Cloud. Um, I I would like to see I would like to see Boston versus Philly in the first round because I feel like just for some reason that matchup could get weird. You know, like for Philly, like I know that Philly's been playing really well, um, but I just think that Boston is a team that if they just for some reason figure it out and get it going, they could surprise some people. You know, maybe make a make a matchup much tougher than you initially. But who's expected. gonna stop and beat? And though? I think they could do that. Uh, no one, no one no is one. gonna stop and beat. But uh, <laughs> power. But I, 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 don't see power of friendship. Yeah, I, I just don't see their wing defenders being able to stop the the, the wings either. Of, of would Ben Simmons? That would be an interesting. I mean, uh, you could stop an, one. Uh, you could. 
you can stop one, but then Taibo, you, you got you got the other. And <laughs> peace. Well, actually, that's true, but I still don't think he could take down a like like stop a Tatum. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I he's got a defense, maybe, but he's Simmons, better. I don't, I, there's only I one don't like the matchup, but I meant like out of all those seven, eight, nine, ten in the East, the Celtics are the best team there on paper. So they would give mm-hmm. Philly probably the hardest time either way. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. None of those teams have them like a center yeah. that uh, like stands out anyway. True. Like who? That's who, true. Who, who's that's the, true. Center and any of those other. Teams. What would be I interesting, actually, if Boston secures <laughs> the <laughs> the seventh seed, like if they win the first game and they secure the mm-hmm. seventh seed, and you see a uh, Nets versus Boston series, That's I think that would, too, yeah. I think that would, that would be, be pretty that interesting. That would be more even, I would say. Yeah, because I they're all like wing slash guard dependent, so not a lot of action going on. But the if bigs, Harden if Harden gets healthy though, then that's I'm sorry, it's not that even. <laughs> it's not. It's not like that. Well, when Har- when but we'll see, man. Playoff yeah, Harden they're, they're has different, not been different the best, scenarios though. in the in the pressure of these yeah, moments. Playoff Harden didn't have KD and Kyrie before either. Fair. So. <laughs> Fucking I just fair. don't like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> true, I mean, true. like. True. It's funny because I was actually and, list- and KD were on. Sorry, go ahead, man. You, you were listening to what? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was listening to a podcast a while ago, and then um, we actually th- that was the start of when the news started reporting that Brooklyn was interested in trading for Harden, and we all had a mm-hmm. consensus: Nah, that's mm-hmm. not gonna happen. And fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also like it goes to show you how much we know about basketball. <laughs> it's also like there are moments casuals doesn't, doesn't always work, so. I'm never completely wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but 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 damn, uh, like when when all three of them are there, it's like, it's kind of fucked up, man. Because KD just doesn't, it, he just doesn't have bad games. Like he'll have one bad game in in like every two years. But okay, Harden can go cold. Kyrie is only for like moment to moment possessions. But I don't know. It just seems like you could do a rotation where at least one of them is on the floor. So that's kind of fucked up. There, you ask there's me. also... <laughs> like, uh, I mean, like, Kyrie's up. also a wild card. Anything can happen with him, depending on his on his mood. I don't I don't want to make it, like, a big thing. He's star- but he does have yeah, times yeah. where he's not playing... Because I think it's a more mental than actual physical. Yeah, it's pretty shows. ridiculous, like, yeah. how much, like, of a... Per- like, how much of his personality affects, like, the whole, like, True. narrative of the game like dude you know did you know that he like he his bill right now for the nba of missing uh post-game interviews is like one million dollars now like that's Jesus just like Christ. i mean dude like it's part of being a professional and like i mean obviously you have to take everything he i say with a grain of salt because fuck the broken nets but i like, wouldn't i wouldn't say his the way he approaches this is like endearing Cause like you can have issues where you don't like yeah. talking to the media. You 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 have, um, I don't. I wouldn't say like mental health issues right away, but like if you have like, you're not always up for for these types of things. Then there's a way where people can approach it, where people will get it. Cause you know you don't always want to be in front of a camera all the time. Right. I get it, but yeah. the way he does it yeah, doesn't yeah. doesn't make him seem like, like a, a, it doesn't it doesn't put him in a good light. All, for me, at least the way yeah. I I perceive it, like whenever I hear a story like that, yeah, hard same. And I mean, like yeah, some people I, love him though. I, I I agree with that. Like some people really love that he says whatever is on his mind, but like, for me, I just feel like there's a fine line of being professional and being fucking needy. Well, and well I think he's more on the lead, what needy he says side. on his mind is like, 
I don't think it's correct the way he processed it. At least I don't agree with it. That's why it's like mm-hmm. you can say what's on your mind, but the way you came up with your conclusion is by not not being fair to to these other people, not considering all the factors. It's always sometimes he looks a bit selfish. Yep. yep. One thing I'll so, give though the Brooklyn Nets is they've been able to like either a the the team chemistry is really good and yeah, they respect they, they like whatever playing. whatever they like, like Kyrie says sure. or B they were they're really good at like keeping whatever chemistry issues is going on like in the locker room like fucking sealed airtight mm-hmm. because I, I I don't believe that everybody is okay with the fact that Kyrie's been taking these like weird leaves and stuff yeah I do think though that since he um, KD and James Harden are kind of the foundational pieces for the culture in the locker room that when KD is cool with it everybody else is just like alright fuck it whatever we're winning games <laughs> KD is probably right the now, thing that I could keep it together the most I think James Harden yeah. no one will have a problem with him too much but he's not the type of guy who can yeah. who can lead a, a shift I would yeah. say like in the team culture but he, he'll ride along because he just plays basketball yeah. anyway so and goes to yeah, strip clubs. He's just a baller. <laughs> Dude, to me, yeah. I mean, like um, he, he but, just shows uh, up for the games. That's that. That's the type of character that I I get right, the vibe from right. him. Like he's just like I just want to play basketball. The rest of it is kind of like. That's an interesting. That's an interesting narrative that I want to look at. Um, for Brooklyn, especially as the playoffs go along, like is there going to become a an issue about like, who takes the important shot? Not unless uh, they're winning. Not big. so much with KD, but but. But with uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, um, or who's gonna take over in crunch time between Kyrie and Harden more than um just KD? Uh, or like sure. w- with KD. I, I don't so think I'm, it would I'm even be like a personal issue. Dynamic will be. It would probably just show up in basketball that's mm-hmm. not very clean, like possessions yeah. that aren't yeah it's like moving. It's, it's a functional yeah. issue. Yeah, I don't think they'd get mad at each other. They yeah. don't seem like the type that would. It's more of just like it just won't look like good basketball because they don't know what to do yeah. in those moments. Like who should get the ball who should what player are we gonna end up running who's gonna take the yeah. shot nah. so it affects it more than that so. yeah okay all i can say okay. is i'd be much happier if the nets got bounced in the first round than if the knicks <laughs> made it to the second round sure let's just get i i would i would uh i i would literally i think be, i get i would that. be acting like i won the lottery like straight up like fuck same you with, brooklyn dude, same with same with me if the lakers got like knocked out in the play-in or in the first round that would make me happier than if the clippers like again didn't make the, the conference finals again this year. I'd be like i don't care whatever but like if the lakers got knocked out i'd just be like oh well that well what a shame what, what a shame, a shame. <laughs> <laughs> all right i think it's time we move on to the uh, closing topics we have here so we have about two more to cover right now we can talk about awards season so the main awards that we're looking at right now are the mvp most valuable player the depoy defensive player of the year most improved player the rookie of the year and coach of the year um we're not we gonna do executive of the year <laughs> <laughs> i think i think Wouldn't i think we can we can beg name. off of that one uh we can kind of go through each of these say our picks and then uh, like like so we do mvp sure. we each say ours and then we do depoy and, and so on and so forth okay. okay all right um so let's start with the mvp guys or do you want to start with coach of the year what do you think what do you think because i feel like mvp i think is we start from cut. the bottom 
Okay. Start okay. from the bottom. So, right. so coach cool. of the year. What what are your picks for coach? Or well, okay. Ooh. If you guys, if you guys, this is um, get spicy. If you guys <laughs> watched or listened to the previous uh, or the first half of this episode on Rockus feed, then um, you already might know who Rockus pick is. But but uh, that being said, what are your picks, guys? Uh, either one of you can start first. Okay, I can start this because you dropped it already. Um, obviously, my vote goes to Tibbs. And the reason behind it is because just given the talent that the Knicks have, like literally other than Julius Randle, there's no one else really that's like a bona fide superstar. Yet we're sitting here in the fourth seed. And we're starting our games with Alfred fucking Payton, who doesn't know <laughs> how to shoot, who doesn't know how to pass either. And I don't know why he's still starting, but he's starting and we're in the fourth seed. So I... Like, I just can't see how it's not him. But I will mention this. I do believe that I would not be upset if Monty Williams got it. Because mm-hmm. the Suns have done a f- spectacular job this season. Like, even Mark, as a true Suns fan, at the start <laughs> of the season, said that he would be okay with it around the sixth, uh, no, or that maybe was the, the top end. Let's yeah. say five, like five to eight range, like, to be fair. Bottom half. Bottom yeah, bottom half. half and. They're, they're sitting at number two and it's just really impressive what they've been able to do there. Like also at the same time, given the roster that they have, like mm-hmm. they don't have the deepest roster. I mean, off the bench, it's like Cameron Payne, Frank Kaminsky and like, you know, all of these other <laughs> like like borderline scrub role players. Yet they've been yeah, we, we tried really, to really well. Frank Kaminsky. I think he's <laughs> still, the there. I'm still there. there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, you just got to tip up. Tip your cap he's off like them. He's like a rash. But he's I like think... A rash that won't go away. <laughs> Frank the Tank Kaminsky! <laughs> but I think if those two don't win it, then there's some obvious rig shit going on there. <laughs> mm, um, I don't know. For me, I know. well, I would love the Suns to win it, but honestly, I think the Jazz, uh, Quinn Snyder Yeah, that was it. my pick. Because they're, they're a four team that made it to the one spot. There's always a value in, in, a, team, in a team like that. Because yeah. it's like you become the best team in the NBA from um, whatever position. So maybe for the first year it happens, you would you would award the coach that. Because, yeah. I mean, 50 wins, man, in a 72 games. I don't know, man. But just given where the Knicks and the Suns were prior to this season, like the Suns were expected to be like a bottom playoff team. The Knicks had the lowest over-under, yet we're out here <laughs> with the fourth True. seed and the Suns True. are at the second seed. Okay. For me, that's that's okay. why I think it's got to be Monty or Tibbs. Okay, the Knicks okay. would have the, the if, if, if that's the criteria, the Knicks would have the best shot just yeah. for the coach exceeding expectations for his team. Yeah. yeah. Um, if, like, if the I Suns, to... when they picked up Chris Paul, was like positive. Yes. People thought it was positive. Yeah. So it was looking good for them. The Suns wouldn't change. Ah, I meant the Knicks weren't supposed to be here at all, even more yes. so. So yeah. That's that's but, kind but of like. But my gut says Quinn Snyder, just the way mine too. Would work. Mine too, because you have the Jazz, who are essentially the same team as last year, like in terms of roster. Um, Mike Conley started showing up and looking like old Mike Conley, so that was, <laughs> that was like a big part of why Finally the Jazz. You remember how to play success. basketball again? Yeah, but um, <laughs> okay, I see the argument for um the Suns and the Knicks, and uh, like Mark said, if if it was about like moving from from like one position the the Knicks too are pretty much the same team except for like a few additions and like uh, young guys but uh, I think the the biggest factor for me is that with the Knicks and the Suns you have players like Julius Randle and Chris Paul who are having like like Chris Paul is doing Chris Paul things he makes everyone around him better and that's 
that's a that's a factor and that's sort of like a tangentially coaching factor it's not as much about the coaching but it's still a thing you know monty williams and chris paul have a good connection as well so you could say that that's that that matters and then um for the knicks who would have seen julius randall coming i guess like that's my that's my question not like, even me can you can you give it to the coach if the kid went supernova you know, like it's, it's, but but, yeah, I, but I, you, see coach, you, I, yeah, I see the argument as a coach you see the argument he built around it he credit. built around it yeah you and always, you got Derek you always Rose, get the blame you, know? so, you always like, get the blame for no, things going wrong and even coach. though like you produce <laughs> like uh, an all-star player like like Julius Randle did the work like nobody can argue about that but then mm-hmm. The fact that he got the team to play well. I mean, other than Julius Randle, I remember at the start of the season in 2K, Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson were the only 80s in the <laughs> in, in the next lineup. Like literally, RJ Barrett was a 75. Manuel Quickly was a 71 at the start of the year, and like Reggie Bullock, who's their starting shooting guard, was like a 72. And it's it's just so impressive how we was able to get the team so cohesive to be able yeah, to buy in to the old school Tibbs like system. Mm-hmm. But in fairness, like I think I, um, I rebuke my take, and I wouldn't be surprised also if Quinn Snyder won it because he's yeah, done a spectacular I, job there. Yeah, I think they they're doing like a really great job. Plus, the the Jazz have new ownership, so they're kind of reinvigorated. Uh, I I just think that that's a big factor. Um, but yeah, honestly, if any of the three won it, it wouldn't be like a huge shocker. It would just be like good for you guys because you deserve it. So it's not point. it's not Doc Rivers at the at Philly. I don't that's, think so. I don't, I don't think, so. think so. I mean, it, he's in the conversation because he unlocked something um, in Embiid. But it's like Simmons still hasn't been totally he does that unlocked. To all teams. You know? Yeah. <laughs> But all Simmons is like like Simmons has more to be like seen. So sure. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I think I think our three picks are the fairest picks. Yeah. The most deserving. And for some reason right. Tobias Harris only plays well for Doc Rivers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why? But okay. Like how Lance Stephenson only plays well for Indiana. Hey, um, Dodge Gibson and Derek Rose, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I rebuke. Um all right, so next we have Rookie of the Year. I feel like this one's pretty clear cut, don't you guys? What What are your do yeah, you have any? I, I um, think it's opinions? I think it's mellow. It's pretty yeah. pretty yeah. clearly. Yeah, like despite. I mean, he missed injured. games. That's the only reason. But, but like, he came uh, back. That's yeah, the thing. I think if he didn't come back, then it would have been more of a conversation for Edwards. Yeah. But he came back, so. Yeah. You think you think Edwards um, over Halliburton, so to say, like because mm. both teams are doing terribly anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Halliburton has a more impact on winning. But statistically, mm. it's it's Edwards. Okay, that's fair. Um, and then uh, so rookie of the year that was that was a wash. We we knew that. Was yeah, we go mellow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, honorable yeah. mention to Anthony Edwards for, for not sure. being disappointing at the end yeah. of the year. I, I, yeah. Initially, it was like he doesn't look like a number one pick. Now it's yeah. like yeah. he could be number one pick. Yeah, he straight yeah, up looked like he, Andrew after Wiggins. he murdered uh, Watanabe, it oh, was fuck. just like <laughs> it was like his curtains. All, all, all the agents had to like take a right knee down and like, just like yeah. bow for Yeesh. that parade. So. And the guy's playing well too, huh? That that Watanabe, he's he's, yeah. he's not, not a bad. rookie though, right? Isn't yeah, he's not. Like, just he's a ten-date. Yeah, he came from the G League. He was a, he was a right. two-way guy. Yeah. Um. So next we have most improved, and I think this one should be pretty clear, right? Most right. improved player. Come on, um, guys. Julius yeah. Randle. Julius. Right? Julius. Julius Randle. Come on, bro. Be, man. It's gotta I mean, be him. He's dude, so I mean, damn good. This the year. guy's averaging twenty-four, six, and ten a game, maybe, shooting forty-two percent from three, and is absolutely carrying this Knicks offense. Like you take Julius would, Randle. I put like a, a distant 
shout out to like Mikhail Bridges because he did yeah. improve a lot. Yeah, yeah, but he, he did. did. He did. But, but that, that leap from that leap of Julius Randle to where he's become like a, a almost a superstar is you know it's gotta be the he's the an all star. It's, it's like a jumped the like all star. Siakam. It's like a Siakam thing. No, and yeah. it's 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 interesting because like if you just look at it statistically, it's not the biggest jump because mm-hmm. last year he was averaging about. 19 like 4 and 10 which is like pretty similar to this year's 24 6 and 10 but yeah. like the shooting from 3 went all the way from 29% to 42 and you know just just given like the amount of um responsibility and impact he has on the next offense and the next team in general yeah it's like i, I don't think there's a conversation if he doesn't win it then there's some fucking modus going on <laughs> i don't know who else could have gotten it honestly um like yeah, Bridges made a jump, uh, but I still don't think it's in, in anywhere near the level of what. Um, yeah, what, I don't uh, see. I don't see anyone else who would Randall's be able doing. to, to uh, deserve it. Right. Even day, Zion, I guess it, people could say <laughs> Zion, but but you nah, know, it's more like, of I think it was just injured in his first year. It looks like yeah, he's just about exactly. The same yeah, it looks like what he was going to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're we're good with most improved, unanimous once again. Defensive player of the year. I don't know if um if we think that this is a, a controversial category, but some journalists and players consider this to be a controversial category. Uh, who are your picks? Uh, who do you want to honorably mention? Anybody? Anybody? Mark? Um, honestly, I don't really think about this too much because <laughs> <laughs> the defensive, the deeper stats, oh, it just goes over my head. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. If you had to, if you had to pick, or if you, because if you're not aware of who the front runners are, yeah, who, give who me, would give you me guess? The front runners. Who would you, I, I actually uh, have the front runners up yeah, go here. Ahead, go ahead. So yeah, I think. Yeah. Right now, um, with the minus odds in the Vegas lottery, it's Rudy Gobert first because he's the only one okay. amongst the candidates that has a top six defense in the league. And uh, I think just the gravity that he brings to the Jazz defense, like mm-hmm. the, the defense is literally centered around it's him. anchored on him. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, his stats actually aren't, I mean, other than the blocks, which is ridiculous, which is 2.8 per game, which is really, really high. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, he's only averaging a steal. So, I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like um, record-breaking defensive um, playing. And it's like, it's not even a top five defense, but... I mean, he's the only one out there with the um, with a top six defense. The rest, the other candidates are um, Ben Simmons. Ben yep. and the Sixers have, uh, I think, they're number nine right now in defense. And then a little bit after that, I think this one's a pretty a bigger gap between Ben Simmons and number three. And the number three is uh, Miles Turner. Who's, who's but, having a pretty nice defensive yeah. season, like 2.1 blocks per game and uh, 1.4 steals per game, which is pretty impressive. For a big, but, yeah. yeah it's but, a chunk two of the season, though. Yeah. Like, he got hurt. Um, so there's there's that to take into consideration. I think it's really more of a conversation about Gobert versus Simmons. Yeah. Just give it a Rudy, man. <laughs> I mean, Rudy technically, statistically should get it. You know what I mean? But if you ask me who the best like defender, who would I have defend any player in the league, I'd pick Simmons. Simmons can defend one to five. Like that's that's I but, saw him lock down Dane Lillard earlier in the season right. and I was like, Jesus Christ. Like yeah, I mean he's he's, he's a six ten guard. Yeah, what the heck? Fair. But I mean like can you build a defense around Simmons though? Like can mm. you make him like mm. the focal okay, point of fair. your defense? So I don't know. For me, my pick is Gobert. What about you guys? 
Yeah, I'm going to go bear. I'll probably go with go bear. I just like <laughs> the idea of Simmons of, of Simmons being like it, it uh, an, a dark horse vote. You know? Yeah. Um. Okay. So we got through Defensive Player of the Year. And last but not least, we have the MVP. MVP. Uh, so uh, the front runner this year has been Nikola Jokic. Um, it was a, a, like a three-man race at the start of the season between Jokic, LeBron, and Embiid. Uh, LeBron got hurt. Embiid got hurt. Jokic kind of pulled ahead a bit. Embiid came back. And now it's more of like a... Uh, a, a wide gap two man race, but the the the, the favorites to to win the the I favorite would argue to win is, is Jokic. Man. I I would do. I would put him in the conversation. Yeah. He has I'm a going with the char- the Charles Barkley uh, take. He's <laughs> number three. Paul deserves. He's to number be in three the in the conversation. Yeah. He's number three in the rankings, but he's a plus one. He's like a plus one thousand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think the criteria for MVP is always so fluid. People argue it so many different ways, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's but like who's the, most valuable for the team? Right? Who yeah. was the best player in the league? Like what? Wouldn't is LeBron it? just win it every year? Yeah, yeah. about stats. Although I don't think he would win it this year because he just didn't get to play as much. Yeah, but yeah. the Chris Paul thing is like, how do you make a team next level, right? Like, mm-hmm. isn't that the at least if that if that's the criteria, isn't that the, the the perfect answer that this guy brought a team of young, who I would say like stars to the next level and showed how they good they can really be when yeah. they have someone like Chris Paul. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like I a good story, but that's like it. a that's that's basically like a Nash MVP. Yeah. I would love for him to win it though, just because that's that's my boy. That's my number <laughs> one dude. Chris Paul's my guy, but um. I, I see also like why it, Jokic is the front runner. He's he hasn't missed a game at all this year. He he is already considered to be the best passing big man in the history of basketball. But actually, when you think about it, um, Rocky, I don't know if you listened to that recent um Bill Simmons podcast, the the total Jokic Jokic gasm. I saw um, a clip. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were talking about it and they were saying this guy's not just the best passing big. He's one of the best passers we've ever seen yeah, play basketball. And that's that's pretty that's pretty remarkable and his he got his, himself in shape. Um and even with Murray out, they were like what? 9 and 9 and 2. Now they're 9 and 2. They were 9 and 1 and everyone thought they were going to take a significant dip with Murray out with an ACL, but no, the, the, it didn't happen because you know Jokic is He's the kind of player that looks for the double team. Like he wants he he wants you to 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 to, to get off your man. There was one play because they beat the Clippers without Murray after the ACL already. And there was this one play. I was just watching Jokic on the offense. I was like, okay, let's because I watched him eat us alive in the playoffs last year. So I wanted to see like what's he gonna do without without his supernova. And he just did this one thing where they passed him the ball and somebody was trying to rotate and then they saw that he was on a smaller man so they doubled him Jokic didn't even look like to the other end of the court to the guy he was passing to because he saw the other um, three players that were in their position and he was like okay this guy's gonna be over there and he just threw it and the guy got it made a three and I was like 
this is some fucking ridiculous it's shit. a fucking joke and that's what he is man he's the joker <laughs> he's the joker he's the joker it's not about the money it's about <laughs> making a point <laughs> it's crazy dude it's crazy and i have the stats right here um just to read it to you guys so he's averaging 26 points per game 8.5 assists 10.8 rebounds and the steal and the block while shooting 57 40 and 86 splits that's so, so wild that's it's just so ridiculous. Insane. And we've never seen a player like this guy before. And yeah. like I think you just at some point you have to like tip your cap off to them. They were like a f- the first seed last year or were they? Or like three? They were like they were top. They were one of But the yeah, top. like top four seed and yeah, you know, LA was number one for sure. And just the LA way that he's one. been able to elevate the games of Aaron Gordon and uh Michael Porter Jr. and how he was able to yeah. find them in their spots and bring it all um you know, F- get them Faku to the Campazo. Example, Campazo, <laughs> man. Like, just making everyone on the court better. But that yeah. being said, my MVP is Julius Randle. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be Julius Randle. Oh man, that, he is the most valuable coming. player. <laughs> didn't see that one coming. Um, all right, so we 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 got through MVP. Uh, I I feel like that was also a pretty unanimous. Uh, well, okay. No, wasn't we have three five, different yeah, picks. yeah, that's right. It's I didn't realize. Nah, no, no, no. Mine's Jokic. Mine's Jokic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jokic's gonna win. Jokic's gonna win. With the objective if, hat on, it's Jokic. These are just the 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 picks that are like sentimental. The emotional picks. Yeah. yeah. And and I you, you know like I I also lo- love the 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 love that people are showing Chris Paul because he, I, I yeah. think I think Chris really Paul is. can win based on that criteria. I just don't yeah. think that's the criteria. That that will be yeah. used by the voting yeah. like media. Yep. You know what I mean? Maybe one or two votes was you'll see mm-hmm. like someone who was also sentimental saying like him leading a team like that should mean mm-hmm. more to the mm-hmm. season. But at the same time, most of the objective people who look at the stats and do it for a living should pick Jokic. Or you know yeah. what would be would be so hilarious if everyone was like, Okay, I know everyone else is picking Jokic. I think I'm gonna pick C P just to give him like because he deserves this prop. I think they ends up, win- it. And he ends up winning <laughs> the MVP. <laughs> that would be so damn good. That would be so uh, good though. I'd be so happy for Chris Paul, man. Me too. Yeah. And then they I win the championship. Oh, that would be so wild. You'd think I wasn't a Clippers fan. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Um, like, all right, so I think we can move on to our bold playoff predictions. This is the last segment that we're going to do of uh, the NBA. We'll do some quick F1 talk after this, and then we're going to wrap it up. But, um, yeah, we have bold playoff predictions coming up. Guys, what do you think will happen? And no lame, no, no lame answers. Like, uh, um, I'm, I think that the, the Knicks uh, are winning it all. Or the, the LA Lakers <laughs> will actually make it past the play-in tournament. <laughs> That's not a prediction. <laughs> I think uh, I'll, go, I'll go with mine, which is just riding along with my team. I think the Suns have a chance to mm-hmm, win it this mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. I, I just have this belief that, you know, the way they've played against the top teams in a seven-game mm-hmm. series, in this kind of NBA where things are more open, they have enough, enough firepower to get it done. It ain't yeah. gonna be easy, and I think a lot of things have to fall into place. Like if they went up against Brooklyn in the finals, man, maybe my like the odds of them winning would change. But 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 they can. They have it. I I think they've shown enough to say they can win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my bold prediction. Like they 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 should at least make the West Finals. I don't I don't think the Jazz mm-hmm. can beat them. The Jazz is number one seed, but I, I think they're better than yeah. the Jazz. 
I agree. in a seven game series. Yeah, and like Aiton's not exactly like the most important factor in the Suns. It's all but of the does, moving does, pieces he does it around well. it. He does everything yes. a bit better now than before where yeah. yep. it's enough. And he's to, like to a little really bit scrappier. Him. He's just getting yeah. a little bit more of that chip on his shoulder as the season goes along. Chris Paul starting to rub off on him a little bit, which is great, man. Like, and they have, he they have a lot of that like seven guy behemoth. X factors, Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, um, uh, Mikhail Bridge is gonna have a big game. Um, yep. Even their bench players like um, Javon Carter, things like that, they can they yeah. can they can bring bring some some make a difference energy off the bench. I, I think they can yeah. do it. Frank Kaminsky, um, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like him when he takes like threes from from the top of the, like the thinks he's the top tough. Of the, yeah, it drives me like crazy it. when he when he um when it's like a dying possession and he decides to take it into a, the post for a fadeaway uh, jump shot. I'm like, bro, it'll work. I'll give it to you once a game. Stop taking it like when the <laughs> it's shot not, clock's it's dying. It's not our bread and butter for these. Yeah, pass the ball to he, was, he was like the NCAA <laughs> Player of the Year, man. <laughs> True, <laughs> Kaminsky. Maybe He's he could try. Pedigree. He could go back uh, to the NCAA. <laughs> and try that. <laughs> um. All right, uh, I, I'm going to go next with a bold prediction. And my bold prediction is that the Clippers are going to shock the world this year. We're, we're, coming at, we're coming for it. It's our revenge do you, season. Do you really believe that? I just don't, huh? I just I, don't I think do. it's... I do. I've I been watching us. It. I've been watching us. We're figuring it out. And DeMarcus Cousins looks good for some reason. <laughs> he looks good. And uh, we're just figuring it out, you know? Like, we, we have the highest three-point shooting percentage in the league, the highest free-throw shooting percentage in the league. We don't have the highest free-throw attempt rate, but I think come the playoffs, if our guys just keep jacking it in the middle and keep getting fouled, like, everyone can shoot free-throws in the team. Like, the only one who can't is, like, Rondo, I think. He's sure, the only sure. guy. And um, a... Rondo has changed um, the trend of the Clippers of, like, when they're losing and they just kind of give up on themselves. That's <laughs> like... It's a very Clipper thing. Um, it was happening even in the first half of the season before we got Rondo. And something just clicked. I think it was more like the, he became their safety net. Even when he doesn't play uh, and he talks to them, he the, he's able to get them to change the pace of the game and people don't end up standing around doing iso ball. Like It's still a sickness they have, especially when they play against like um, teams with superstars. So like when we played against the Nets, we were beating them when we were using our ball movement. But then when KD and Kyrie started making shots and PG and Kawhi were like, oh, I took that personally. And then they, they try and start <laughs> making their own shots. Of course, they're not going to beat these guys on like ISO plays. So um, I, I hope that we can stick to our system. If we can do that, I think we have a, we have a real shot. And if Serge comes back healthy, that would be helpful as well. Because I think our role players are doing a good job. Sure. Um, I'd like to see less Luke Kennard minutes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, dude, you were so happy about Luke Kennard in the prior episode. You were dude, just like, he's basically Larry Shamet, but can do a little bit more. Dude, I love it. I love it. I hated him when he started out. But after that Hawks game where he just went off, like he just went fucking yeah. off, man. We were down by 20. The coach threw in the towel in the third quarter. We had our scrubs in. Luke Kennard suddenly like sh hits a half-court shot. And everyone's like, oh, shit, we're back. In this <laughs> the game, I was like, "Damn, man!" He's the the Frank He's Kaminsky of the LA of Clippers. the Clippers. Oh, yeah, the Clippers. no, our our Frank Kaminsky's uh, Patrick Patterson. <laughs> that's, our, that's our Frank Kaminsky. Defo. But I mean, I, I see the the clips on paper. I think they have a pretty well built uh, roster, mm -hmm. and they. I don't buy it though. I feel like they could <laughs> make it to the Western Conference Finals. Then I don't know, but the West is just so hard to tell because yeah, they're man. all so good teams and. Yep. 
Um, I think the deliberating factor will be PG. Um, my, you know, my, yeah. my thing, they've, they've, they've just burned um, like this, this kind of prediction every single time. That's why I'm every picking year it. That they're supposed to take <laughs> I'm yes. picking it because no one else is. That's why I'm picking it. I sure. hate it when sure. they're the favorites. The Clippers are terrible favorites. They're great uh, underdogs. Yeah. When you get burned and they lose the first, <laughs> yeah. first uh, series. I would not be surprised. Two. I would not be surprised if we lost to the Mavs in the first round. But, but uh, no, they're, I, I got against the, the Trailblazers. Oh, if it ended wow. today, right? I yeah. Also, yeah. I also would not be surprised if they lost to the Trailblazers in the first round. Though this year. Um, we mm. played very well against the Trailblazers. Yeah, like, I I put I put my money on the Clippers over yeah, the we, Trailblazers we locked, because we if just said fuck it. Oof. Well, yeah, no KP. I don't know. KP's still out, and uh, he's, a, the, he's a scrub. He dude. was he was the big factor, <laughs> and and now for, against KP we have we have like a bully cousins to just use up fouls and and injure him or something. Yeah, I don't man. know. Right, make right. make him whine and shit. You know? Yeah, dude. That that's I bet thing. Back to I'd Denver, never, I'd they're never, a better uh, team uh, without uh, KP. I can't fight the Clippers That's when you're fair. talking stuff on paper. When you're talking no, theoretical, but like I'm it's just, just whenever just, it's time for them to show it, it's, like, no, yeah, it's not yeah. there. So. I I just think that um it's also a matter of personnel. We've we've uh, changed up a few things. Like bringing in Rondo and Cousins was not as seamless as we wanted it to be either. But like against the the Nuggets, that game where where Jokic did that ridiculous pass that that I I was so blown away by. Um, we we couldn't Zubac couldn't do shit against him. Um, and obviously Pat Patterson could not do jack shit against him. <laughs> and then um, so Jokic put like what twenty five on those guys. And then when we put Boogie on him, you know, like I get it. Demarcus Cousins is not the Demarcus Cousins of his prime. But when he was on him, he, he we stopped him to five points. Like he he didn't score. Like and he passed the ball. Yeah, sure. And Boogie's kind of shitty on defense in transition, but. I just think that it's a it's a factor we didn't have before, and if we have a healthy surge, I think we have a we have a shot. But yeah. if surge is out, it's gonna be a bit of a climb. Yeah, but I agree though because like I mean, despite all of the banter that everybody gives uh, Paul George for being playoff P, pandemic P, um, <laughs> like you know, he is just the past couple of years where he hasn't really showed up. But then yeah. let's not forget that when he was in Indiana, Indiana. he was actually fucking killing it. In yeah. the playoffs, man, he beat the next team that won like fifty-four games in a in a five-game series, and then yeah. he showed up against LeBron, LeBron. and the Heat and the Heatles. Yep. So, yeah. I think it's it's all on it's all on playoff. All beat. up in yeah. yeah yeah that's that's fair. If he has to show up mentally, um, yeah. physically he has a bone edema. That's that's a thing he has to play through. That's just that's just facts. You know, you can't use that as an excuse. But mentally. He can't check out anymore. Um, yeah. If he's not making his shots, he has to start charging into the paint, getting fouls, whatever. Um, he's been getting more foul calls recently, so hopefully that means even in the playoffs he can draw better fouls. So let, let's see, let's see how it goes. Just Obviously, try. I don't feel great about this. I don't ever <laughs> feel great about a Clippers pick. I know, how you but feel. <laughs> but <laughs> but I just I have to believe in them this year because uh, uh, that if I don't like we're probably gonna lose Kawhi and and if I just feed in the negative energy I'm just gonna feel worse by the end of it. <laughs> I might as well have high hopes and get disappointed than make myself feel bad the entire time. Fair. I've been there, man. I've been there. <laughs> Speaking of being there, what's your uh, bold pick for the season? All right. So let's just say the season ended today. So how the standings are right now. And for my first bold prediction, so how the the ra- how the rankings set up right now is the Knicks are at four and the Hawks are at five. 
I think the Knicks will make it to the second round. I think we can easily take not easily, but I think we can take on um the yeah, Hawks sure. pretty um you know I can confidently say that we're currently tied. We're only up by like half a game. Um, but yeah, if we get the Hawks, then I think we can make it to the second round. It gets a little bit more tricky when if the Heat makes it to the fifth seed because I would not want to face the Heat in the first round yeah. because I just feel like with that playoff championship experience that um, that they bring and the matchup of Jimmy on RJ and um, Bam Adebayo and Randall, I think that's just going to be so tough. So, yeah. um, no but one wants if, to see the Heat. Yeah, <laughs> nobody no wants, wants to see the Heat. But if we if it ended today, I think the Knicks would make the second round. And my other bold prediction is if the season ended today and the standings are as they are right now, then mm-hmm. the Nets will play the S- Celtics. And I think, I mean, if everybody's healthy and they're playing well, the Nets will take that. And then the Hornets... Uh, yeah, then the Heat will play the Bucks. Um, I... It's it's tough to say who comes out of that Heat Bucks series because you can never count out the Heat because that's just who they are. But if the Bucks make it out of that series and play the Nets, I think the Bucks will beat the Nets. Huh. That's my bold I prediction. I think they could, yeah. I think yeah, they have the personnel. Yeah. Exactly. I think Drew can absolutely shut down at least one of them. Yeah. Like yeah. either Kyrie or Harden. And then, and then, then you have Giannis, Giannis and on PJ KD. Tucker. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And who's in the paint to stop Giannis from getting into to yep. doing what he wants? Yep. DeAndre, nope. No Claxton, nope. 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 Yeah. Um and Blake Griffin, nope. Pe- people forget about Brooke Lopez. Don't forget about Brooke. Yeah. You know, like he hasn't had a great season, but that dude is seven feet, can play the post and shoot the three. Like that's no joke. That's a problem. It's a problem, man. <laughs> and, and if you have DeAndre coming out in uh like to, to close out on a three point shot and then you have Giannis cutting in, you're kinda fucked, man. Yeah, you're pretty fucked. And yeah. I think like the the storyline of the postseason will be Drew Holiday because I think he's the type of player oh, love that. that doesn't really do much in the regular season. Uh, he impacts winning like crazily, but then you don't yeah. really see it so much because he's not really a stats guy. Yeah. But I think when you put him there in crunch time against Harden or mm-hmm. Kyrie, he will absolutely lock him down. Talk about best defenders in the league, right? Like right? talk about talk about NBA All First Team defenders like Bru- uh, uh, Drew Holiday is. Yeah. In that list, definitely. Sure. You got Drew Holiday, you got Ben Simmons, you got Frank Nilakina, like you know, the top three, <laughs> you dude. You got Alfred Payton. <laughs> oh no, fuck that guy, dude. Get him out of my team. <laughs> Teach him how to shoot. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, so those are our bold predictions for the season for the playoffs. Uh, I'm really excited for this playoffs to start, and I'm excited to even just get the play in tournament started. Uh, th- uh, before we we talk about like some some last few things, guys. If you are just joining us or happen to skip ahead to the NBA talk and you didn't hear about it earlier, uh, the first half of this episode can be found on the Rockus Modern Life podcast feed on your favorite podcast apps. So please check them out there. This is like a two part thing, um, trying to spread the love for this uh, local podcasting scene. Uh, Rock mm-hmm. has been hustling out here, so we really gotta give the man some props. Thank you thank for putting you. this thank together, you. and um, uh, it's a great idea. Uh, now, before we go, before we actually wrap things up, um, Mark and I are currently watching the Spanish Grand Prix, and um, things it's more are more than halfway it's, over. It's more than halfway over, yeah. Um, so, uh, Mark, you wanna you wanna like just give a bit of an overview? What are we looking at here? Um, and 
what what can we expect how does this affect the rest of the season at well basically it's the f- uh, fourth race right bro fourth third. race of the season is it the third isn't the third no uh, we had Bahrain, uh, Bahrain. Portugal no uh, we've had oh yeah fourth fourth because there's Italy there's Italy yeah fourth yeah, race okay. of the season and then the season basic storyline is um, Red Bull's number one driver Max Verstappen can challenge Lewis Hamilton for the world championship very close mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so far, it, he Max has won one race, and then Lewis is still ahead in the world championship because I think Lewis won the other two races. Mm-hmm. So this fourth race, the 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 main idea is let's see if you know Max can catch up in the in the points. And then he qualified second to start the race. Lewis was first, and then we saw I think he overtook him in the first corner. First corner, yeah. Which so he's leading the race right now. And um, usually this race, the Spanish Grand Prix, people know it not to be the most entertaining race. So for him to take um, lead in this first one is pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, not, like in the first it's corner, known to be like not you don't have a lot of because there aren't many overtakes. Yeah. Is what people like right. uh, like not many um, yeah. overtake opportunities during the race. Um, yeah. So I'm just but curious it's actually also. pretty close right now. Um, it's a it's like a point. Seven four interval uh-huh. on yeah, my feet. I got, I, I got a question for you guys real quick. So like, um, we were talking off air that um, you know, in a season there are like about twenty three, twenty something races, and um, you know, like the total points like goes to the um the the car brand or team that you know tallies the most. And mm-hmm. you guys said that Mercedes have been winning for like the past seven years. Like it's a dynasty. Is it because of more of the racers or the tech that goes into creating not tech but um the the the, the, the engines like yeah the engineering yeah the that, that's part of it the the manufacturers who who kind of come up with the, the correct developments for that generation usually end up winning a lot because mm-hmm. it's like they usually make a big generational change and then they'll do smaller increments for years after till they decide to make another big um, incremental change. And like video games where it's like the meta. So it's like right. Mercedes is the current king of this meta. They, they own the correct engine. They know how to develop it properly. So it's been hard for, for teams to challenge them. So they've won the last seven straight um, world championships as constructors with yeah. Lewis Hamilton winning most of the drivers. And the only other time was his teammate winning. So that's, like, yeah. Given given that like Mercedes and uh, Ferrari, I guess, are like the top, you know, the top teams that uh, that pretty much own these um, world championships. D- is there like ever a possibility that like you know there are like upsets of other manufacturers, or is it really really slim? You would have to go back to maybe like two thousand nine. Um, there's a team that's called Braun GP, which was basically the team that Mercedes is now, and they bought that team. So like there was a team that went bankrupt before that season, and then one person named Ross Braun, who's like a influential F1 figure, kind of took over the team. He bought it for like one dollar something like that, just to to make sure it stays on the on like in the competition. Then the other manufacturers helped them get a car together. You know, basically like they donated parts and stuff. That's mm-hmm. and then they ended up winning that that season because they came up with some crazy. Development of the car, yeah, that like that a Frankenstein uh, car. 
not really. It, it I mean, it's like super technical with the aerodynamics and stuff. But it just let them have an advantage, and then they ended up winning that season. Jensen Button, um, a UK driver, won the drivers' championship, and then they won the constructors. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they were bought by Mercedes. So it's like. <laughs> then Mercedes is the you know champions now, so there's like a lineage Monopoly. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, not usually. F one's like like um like football. Like it's money drives a lot of you having the best drivers, the best yeah. cars. It's just hard to get away from the richest teams making the best cars. So what makes it exciting for you guys then? If you pretty much know that these top tier manufacturers slash teams like always come out on top. Um. Well. One, I, I I usually root for Ferrari, so I do root for a top team, <laughs> so we always have a chance. But but um, there's always like smaller stories in 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 play. Like the midfield right now is very competitive. So after the first two teams, Red Bull and Mercedes, um, the the next three te- or the next four teams are basically even. So every weekend there there depends how they set up the car. Which how it should be at the top, I guess, right? Like it's your your setup on that that day or that. That weekend should matter most. Everything else being equal, so that's what you see in the midfield. That's what you want for technically the world championship. Interesting. Yeah, and then oh yeah, they try to make regulations like even out. Like they're working on like cost caps so that you can't the richest teams can't spend way more than the 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 smaller teams. I think they should. And also like limiting how much development the rich teams can do so that even if they have money, it's not like you could add anything more. There's the cap yeah. limits to, to how they do so that the cars are somewhat equal. Yeah. yeah. Um, For me personally, uh, I'm, I am like a more casual fan than Mark of F1. Uh, I, I used to watch it like when Vettel was still in Red Bull. That was about like the peak of my fandom for F1. It was in high school and uh, but I dropped off after. I just I didn't really pay attention to the schedules either. I guess, and then uh, obviously Netflix's Drive to Survive came out. Mark put me onto that. Um, after I watched it, it became way more engaging because I learned the the smaller storylines. Uh, obvi- I do enjoy the uh, pageantry of it all. You know, it's just such a competitor sport. Everybody. It's got some be- glamour to it. The fact that yeah. these cars are yeah. like these people are basically like drivers of the most. Impressive yeah. cars in the world, yeah. Yeah. and they yeah. do it on like a without like making it making it look easy. Because even the yep. worst driver, he's driving something at like three hundred plus kilometers per hour. Like yeah. for for them to control it for like a two hour race is kind of insane. Whenever yeah. you think about. And I'm just curious also as to like um let's say like you're a driver for like one of the worst manufacturers slash teams mm-hmm. like. Uh, if you're a good driver, then Mer- Mercedes would just like sign you, right? Or is there like you, signing there, restrictions? For there your- are uh, no, actually, it, it's basically that those drivers are usually the ones who end up in the worst teams are already like in the um, junior driver program of a bigger team. Mm-hmm. So, for, like Ferrari has a driver academy where they bring you up from the lower divisions, which is F3, F2, mm-hmm. and then they bring you into an F1 team that they work with. That is um, basically right now. Um, Mick Schumacher, who is the the son of Michael Schumacher, he's on the worst team on F in F one right now. Like they're always last place, the two of them, or at least almost always. I think last week he was like eighteenth out of twenty. Yeah. So yeah. it's like so it's like he's if he does well, his his trajectory is to go to Ferrari. It's not for him, it, It's just they need him to to learn. Um, while he's on a, a lower team because they need the, yeah. t- the best drivers right now to try to win races in, yeah. in the main team. 
So there's a lot of that. Red Bull has two teams. Um, they have the regular one, and then they have a team called Alpha Tauri, Alpha or it used Tauri. to be Toro Rosso. So that's a second team that they own that they put F1 drivers in, and then they move them into the main team once they're, they're ready or they show. <laughs> So like Eventually. when you're in like the lower teams, it's not the man like fuck my life, fuck fuck, fuck my why am I no, in this team? No. It's more of like you know I'm preparing for this well, next one. It depends one. if you got knocked down. Like there's a there's a driver uh, Pierre Gasly who was driving for Red Bull and then got um demoted to uh, Toro Rosso, which is now Alpha Tauri, and that that kind of took a hit on him. But then last year he was able to to win one, I think. So it was like. It was just a crazy ride of emotions, and those are the things that like the fans look for, right? Like we're we're looking for those moments where where the storylines all add up, and 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 it just you see something beautiful like that. Right. And these guys are always so gracious, like in defeat. Like I think, I think that's what I like about it too. Like, F one is culture. Pretty, people are pretty realistic about where you can end up. Like yeah. these midfield teams have no. Like imagine they don't imagine themselves winning the race. They understand that if I get a fifth, that's the best I could have done for this, for this. And getting points and making your team perform to the maximum is all you're really trying to do. Yeah. So like, people don't feel bad that they're not winning races. Well, of course they want to, but they understand that they can't if they're not in the right team or in the right car. And do you guys like how it's like the the playing field is set out now, or would you like no, there to be more be competitive? Could, yeah. It really could be better. Could be there more balanced years, at the top. There were years yeah. where I think like four or five teams could have won the world championship in one year. Yeah. So there are there have been periods where it's been more competitive. Um, next year they're making big changes. Basically, they're changing the whole meta again of what the car is supposed to be or the philosophy of how cars develop. So that's kind of a fresh restart for everyone. So maybe next year is where you see whether Mercedes might not be the number one team anymore if they don't mm-hmm. get their their development right. And you might see it being more even because they're working on it. The the or the or the uh, the people in the office of F1, they're working on regulations that are supposed to make it more even and more co- competitive races. Yeah, and I think that's what that's like the beauty of sports for me is like just seeing the underdog underdogs like overperform and just seeing upsets and like I mean if you kind of know who's gonna come out on top every single year that kind of like takes out the exciting factor of it for me at least um, there are I mean it's it's like this season or the past few seasons probably aren't the best in F1 history like if you look back aside from the fact that Lewis Hamilton has shown domination that broke every record that that exists but like uh, if you watch um the mo- if you watch a movie like um Rush the one with the uh, Chris Hemsworth mm-hmm. that's like an uh, it's an F1 story from like the 70s like you'll see some more that's I guess like movie. it's more romanticized how how exciting it could be or you watch the documentary about Ayrton Senna one of the best drivers that's ever great. that's a so so those are the ones I would recommend if you want to understand like why people might really just end up being a fan even though Sometimes it looks boring. Like there are races where nothing happens, and mm-hmm. I know I was like, it really is boring. But you keep watching because of the what could happen. Yep. Cool. And you hope it rains so that it's True. more interesting. True. <laughs> if you watch, if you watch a race in the rain, it's it's insanity. Yep. 
you wonder like how are they still driving so fast because when you see the camera that's from their perspective it's like jesus there's nothing there it's there blurred. are there are some reasons where it's, it's like blurred. so the reason why the, the rain is crazy now is like there have been races where a midfield team has won the race because of the rain just because it, it like they started in like bought bought like fifth to tenth place and they end up winning and that's what you're like those are the moments you're like wow this is a this is crazy <laughs> Cause even they know how those teams appreciate it even more because they're not winning week in week out. Yeah. Uh, okay. With that being said, I think that we have covered a, a lot. We could two, cover. Yeah, two, yeah. This is a two-episode yeah, affair. Pretty, pretty dope. Um, I think. I think even for our standard, this is a long episode on the no yeah. one's home side. And there's <laughs> yeah, more yeah. if you haven't listened to the part one on Rockus podcast then yeah. you can you can I have think more it's gotta right? be a record man yeah, yeah. this is like we're touching two hours <laughs> yeah cloud clouds the record yet yeah, for three somewhere oh wow deep, no deep i've never there. done three i've never done not the one three. with wax no way that was like what an hour 30. That what about like the one with joe rogan dude uh, oh maybe maybe <laughs> it would be it would be if i was on his podcast um so yeah thank you Roque for bringing this idea to us and for inviting us to, to do this conversation uh, we, we were a bit rusty but I think we had a lot of fun with this one um, I definitely did mm-hmm. and um, to everybody that's listening now don't forget the first half of this episode can be found on the Rockus Modern Life podcast feed on your favorite podcast apps you can follow him also on Instagram and Facebook uh, where else can they find you Roque? Um, pretty much everywhere. I'm on YouTube as well, Instagram, Facebook, um, Anchor. Your favorite? I I can make one for you, bro. (laughs) There's nothing on it. It's just like yeah, you can follow it. Actually, there is a TikTok, but it's just like a couple of ads, and that was like run by um, Dub Swinicky, my Uh guy. But very not active. Um, but (laughs) yeah, Rock is modern life. I also have a Shopee link, so if you guys appreciate the contact, uh, the content that I've been putting out. You know, it would mean a lot to me if you use nice. my link to order whatever, whatever. color you want. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right. Dope, um, dope. With that being said, this was a sports mentor segment by uh, two podcasts. The, this was such a dope collaboration. I'm glad we got to do a second part of this. True. We're all excited for the sports uh, in the world uh, <laughs> as the world comes back to normal from being in a pandemic. Um, thank you again, Roque, for No One's Home. This is Clau. This is Mark. And this is Rocket from Rocket's Mountain Life. Peace out, guys. Peace. Peace.